Welcome to the Toxic Masculinity Podcast, where we discuss everything from the standpoint of a toxic male. I'm your host, Chris Thomas, and today's episode, I've been wanting to do this pod for a while. We're going to start getting into classic albums that nobody really talks about. Nowadays, it's so much music that drops, and it ain't always been this way, but it's so much shit that drops, you tend to overlook shit. And a lot of it be mid, but it's just so much of it dropping, you tend to overlook it. You're just like, okay, um, six albums came out this weekend. I'm going to listen to two if I got enough time. The next week, four more come out. The next week, a huge artist coming out. So, you know, um, and music hasn't always been that way, like I said. But back when I was younger, like when I was a little kid or early teen, like 11, 12, 13, when I first started like going to stores and buying CDs and shit, um, it wasn't like that, but all the music seemed like it was good. So it was still hard for great albums to really get the shine, you know? So I wanted to give shine to some of my favorite albums ever. And these are all truly great albums. All right. These are the greatest, some of the greatest albums that nobody talks about. And this is going to be a part one. This is going to be an ongoing series. Maybe I have some guests on here. Talk about how they feel about um, certain albums. We can go back and forth. But yeah. Starting off. The Life of 1472. I believe it's 14. Yeah, 1472. This came out in 1998. Um, This was Jermaine Dupree's JD. So, so death. This was his first album. It's like. I was listening to this album a couple of days ago, just getting ready for this pod. And it's like, this album is like what Khaled shit is, but it it's on steroids. Like Khaled, you can tell he's not a true producer. He's a DJ. He's a networker. JD's a producer. And JD literally had, not literally, but I mean, name the biggest artist in 1998, which a lot of people say is the golden age of music. You had Jay-Z drop volume two. You had DMX drop both of his albums. You had Lauryn Hill drop The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. I think you had Big Pun drop um, his debut album or maybe his debut album. uh, Outcast drop. So 1998, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, that was was 1998. That is seen as kind of like a golden era in hip hop. That's what it's seen at. So, you gave JD the biggest names basically in music. And he's already a great producer. And you let him go ham on this album. And that's exactly what he did. I'm going to just list some features on this album. And it's going to sound real khaled but it's not. So, Khaled is good. He'll have a couple. Like, he'll have his one Jay-Z. If he get lucky, he'll have his Beyonce. He'll have his Rihanna. He'll have his Wayne. He'll have his Drake, obviously. But after that, it's a lot of up-and-coming mid-tier who's hot right now. This list I'm about to give you with JD is like legendary, all-time great artists. Okay? And they was already pretty much stamped at this time. All right? So, you got Mariah Carey on there. You got Nas. You got Jay-Z. You got DMX. You got Snoop. Obviously, the brat. You got Mace, you got Lil' Kim, Slick Rick, Keith Sweat, Usher, 
Trina. And I'm probably leaving out, you know, five or six people. And these songs go hard on there. Again, this is first album. I argue that it's no skips, but it's back in the day. Like, this is back in the day. I was a little kid. These albums is like 20 songs, 22 songs, three verses. Nowadays, songs is like two, two and a half minutes. If you get two verses, you lucky. But it's normally going to be hook, verse, hook, we out of there. Especially in the club. These songs was four minutes, five minutes long. Alright? So I'm not going to sit up here and say ain't no skips in a 20, you know what I mean? Nah, but I would say there's at least 15 very good to great songs on there. And that's remarkable. Bar for bar, Sun is going back and forth with the goats. Now obviously it's JD, so just like Puff, niggas wrote his shit for him. I'm assuming. I don't want to just, you know, I'm assuming that the brat was probably writing his shit, trying to go head to head with niggas, or maybe the niggas he was on the tracks with. But this nigga is literally on the intro going bar for bar with Nas. This is JD with Nas. This is like would be like the equivalent to like Puff doing this. It's like JD was really spinning. I was very surprised going back and listening to his bars. I was just very surprised. Even on Money Ain't a Thing. I make the big moves. Big plans. Make small moves. Turn them into big things. The big dog with the big chain. Like, he be having like the memorable lines on these songs when you go back and listen to these joints. Best songs on this album. Um, you can start at number one. This one of my albums, you can start at number one. Like I said, the intro was him and Nas. The intro. And then right after that, him and Ho, money ain't a thing. Like, some wasn't fucking playing with y'all. Best songs on there uh, get dealt with. People know if you are an early listener. Shout out to the day one listeners, man. It's only up from here, but shout out to the day one listeners. If you're a day one listener, you already know. That's May's best verse of all time, in my opinion, on Get Dealt With. And Little Kim aired it out. And, of course, JD on there with a very, very good verse. Rapping fast as fuck. Just like the other two are. I never heard Mace rap fast before. You know what I'm saying? He always raps slow. Fuck mid-tempo. He always raps slow, but that nigga's rapping fast on there. But, yeah, Get Dealt With. Um, Get You Some. Again, another fast. And this album wasn't fast like, like that. It wasn't. But this was another song where it's Crazy Bone, the brat. The beat is just, son, the beat is hard. This shit go fucking stupid, man. Just listening to this shit like last week, a couple of days. I'm like, yo, <laughs> even today, this shit dropped in 98, bro. That's like, what was that, 24 years ago? 23 years ago? Like, bro. But yeah, it's him, Crazy Bone, and the brat. It's called Get You Some. Fire. Matter of fact, them songs might be back to back. This nigga wasn't fucking playing, man. Um, Sweetheart with Mariah Carey. That was a single. That was crazy. Um, Money in the Thing, obviously. And then Fresh on there. That was one of my favorite songs. And that's just probably because my dad and all that. That has Slick Rick on there. That's number four, Fresh with him and Slick Rick. You know, if you listen to this now, you're not really on Slick Rick. You might not fuck with that as as... The other great song. I would say if you just on it like that, go to the Nas song. Oh, he got a song with DMX and the Mad Rapper. That's dope, too. Another single on there, The Party Continues with Usher. Like, he got some shit on there. So, yeah. The Life of 1472, Jermaine Dupree. Check that out. Next. 
Project fucking Pattern, my nigga. Mr. Don't Play. Came out in 2001. I probably didn't hear it to like... I probably didn't hear it to like two years after that. Or maybe even, you know... Shout out to to J-Gov, my god brother J-Gov. He really... I always loved Southern music. Because the beats. I always loved the bass. And I always loved... I just always loved that music. But he... He put me on the 3-6. And I can say to this day, this album is probably... I want to just say... But this is probably the best beats I ever heard on any album ever. Just for my style of production that I like. I'm also the nigga that say, you can keep Ye. You can keep Dre. You can keep Pharrell. Give me Paul and Juicy. Them two together. And I'm good. For a whole album. Or just for my whole label. I love they beats from the, the dark satanic shit to the sweet soul samples like i mean real ones know and i'm gonna get into this album in a minute but real ones know i choose you from project pat is a better song than international um player players anthem. it's basically the same loop basically the same beat but that project pat i choose you boy <laughs> i'm trying to tell you so let's get into that project pattern man 2001, Mr. Don't Play, iconic cover, green and black, my man holding a little stack on there. Why is this a classic album? Like I said, probably the best beats I ever heard on the album. It's like 20 songs on there. It's just every beat. It's like, God damn. God damn, every beat. Pat been an underrated goat. I'm happy he getting his flowers now. People doing a lot of, redoing a lot of his songs. Matter of fact, on this album, two of these songs got remade by girls, by women, like remade the songs. That just shows you his reach. But Chicken Head is on this album, one of the most iconic songs in rap history, and that got remade. And Ooh Nothing is on this album, too. So those was his two chick songs. Ooh Nothing, which got um, What You Doing, Girl With All That, Ooh Nothing, that song. Um, He got... That got done by Meg Thee Stallion, Meg and uh, Moneybag. And that shit was tough, too. Um, I like how they flipped the beat and all that. Juice might have did the beat. Who knows? But those was his two women's songs, his two chick songs, like crazy singles, right? Um, So it was just Pat, he getting his flowers right now. I'm happy for him. You know, he was just on the Drake shit. Um, but he always been an underrated go. He always had amazing flows, amazing wordplay, always was an amazing storyteller, like one of the best flows ever. One of the most distinctive flows ever. Best songs on there. I mean, bro, it's just I didn't even me- I didn't even mention Don't Save Her. That's how great this album is. Don't save her. She don't wanna be saved. Another iconic, legendary, all-time great rap song. All on this fucking album, bro. Or baby girl, whoever listening to this, shorty. Like, you really need to go listen to that. Now, best songs on there. And the best, they ain't even the best songs. Best songs on there. Ain't For My Hub. Cheese and Dope. Whole Lot of Weed. We Can Get Gangster. Um, And I would say, you know. Chicken head. Now, ain't for my hood. Best beat transition ever. I'm just talking reckless on here, but I don't give a fuck. That um still out to get paid down for Lucha Libre. Fuck 
all that bullshit, and he said, she said, man, I don't know who the fuck, that was either Juice or Paul, that beat is crazy already, and didn't that break down? Nah, it's too much. Cheese and Dope? Yeah, that song been, you know, redid a couple times. I'm pretty sure uh, the homie from TDE just redid that song. Um, It's called Rest in Peace Young, R.I.P. Young. Um, but that's basically Cheese and Dope remade and Juicing um, Pat on that remix that just came out like last month. But yeah, Cheese and Dope, iconic song, Ugh, just these beats, bro. And just the, the bars and everything. Whole lot of weed again. The beats is just too much. <laughs> I sound like a broken record, but it's just really the beats, they too much. We can get Gangsta again, great beat, but it was a storyteller. Storytelling on that, um, which made that for me and Chickenhead, you know, it's iconic. You could put Don't Save Her there. You can put Break the Law 2001 there. Um, man, a couple, oh, I was about to say, Gorilla Pimp there. You know, excuse me, my, my beautiful women audience, but yeah, Gorilla Pimp, one of the most degrading songs of all time, but that's how they was living down there in Memphis, man. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. That album is a fucking certified classic. These two albums is not even debatable. It's not even debatable. Matter of fact, I got four albums and I got one that I'm going to just talk about a little bit. You know, just throw a little bone. But um, three out of these four, they're not debatable to me. It's just not debatable. That's why I'm just making these cases. They're not debatable. All right. Next up, we're going to do, you know, switch it up a little bit for the ladies. Justified. Justin Timberlake, 2002, don't at me. Don't fucking at me. I'm tired of the slander. Every time I bring this album up, niggas got something slick. Don't at the blue eyes So I understand what's going on here. You know what I'm saying? Especially what's going on now. Even though I feel like R&B is having more of a res like resurgence. Um, it's just mostly underground artists. And recently I've been getting put onto a bunch of like, New R&B shit that, I mean, I'm not really the biggest fan of it, but it's all right. I feel like because Justin Timberlake is like a pop star and Justin Timberlake also released great work after this. And he was known for NSYNC before this. That people don't really, mm, you know what I'm saying? When you say he got one of the best R&B albums ever, people be like, they scoff like you just did when I said that. But that's just how I felt. My favorite R&B albums are Tony Braxton, her first joint. Uh, Michael Jackson Thriller and the one before that, what is it called? Off the Wall. Oh, that Off the Wall, bro. Perfect album. But Thriller 2, I love that. Um, obviously R. Kelly. TP2 go hand, but I, I, I'm still a, um, a 12 play guy. Um, if we're gonna choose. Marvin Gaye, I Want You. Uh, I mean, I believe that's the name of the album. Or the album with that shit on it. Um, cause that got that come live with me angel and that after the dance, like, you know, so I fucks with it when I fucks with it. I really do. I love Tony, Tony, Tony. That's probably my favorite R&B group, but cause I was raised around that shit. But, um, this album here, man, if you ain't never heard it or if you ain't heard it in a while. You just heard it and just was like, nah, the entire album is produced by Pharrell, Neptunes and, um, Timberland. With a little bit of Scott Storch in there. It's only like 14 songs. I feel like it's like 7 by one, 7 by the other. And I think Storch and Timbo was working together at the time, if I'm not mistaken. So they probably contributed on the same songs. 
what's so great about this album that I found out that's probably that probably explains why I love it so much. Pharrell was on Drink Champs and he talked about how both Prince and I want to get on Prince real quick. I didn't mention Prince. My dad was big on Prince. I just I never really got into Prince. I got to get on Prince. I probably said that in last pods, prior pods before, but I got to get on Prince. But I really never really was like, you know, I fuck with some Prince songs, but I never sat down and listened to an entire Prince album. Yeah, fuck it. Go ahead. Take my music card away. But I never sat down and listened to an entire Prince album. Um, So Pharrell was talking about how like he, he was trying to get, he did fronting for uh Prince and Prince wasn't fucking with it. He had already did a song with Prince and it was cool and he gave fronting to Prince and Prince wasn't fucking with it. And then knowing what I know now about Prince, and listening to that song, you can tell, like, yeah, he definitely wrote that for Prince. Everything. Same thing with the Justify album for Mike. Now, Michael Jackson is my favorite of all time with everything. Favorite singer, favorite dancer, favorite entertainer. It's Mike. When I found out Mike basically rejected these songs and these beats because, in the words of Pharrell, he wanted that Nori shit. He wanted to be... Re- singing or doing songs, dancing, whatever, on songs like Super Thug and Oh No. That's what Pharrell said, that Mike Manager was like, nah, we want what just came out, which was Oh No. And obviously Super Thug blew too. Um, So, and for those who don't know, Super Thug is that what, 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 what. And for those who don't know, Pharrell and Nori, Noriega from Drink Tramps is pretty much how Pharrell got on. He gave him his first chance chance. Nori was already kind of bubbling. Let Pharrell give him his beats. They blew up kind of together and then he just kept giving him beats throughout his career even though Pharrell was out of here and Nori really kind of fell off a little bit. So, quick little music lesson, you know, because we got people of all ages. I know I got older listeners, but we got people really from 16 all the way up to 60 that listen to this pod. So, when I found out that Mike rejected these songs, I'm like, yeah, that shit makes sense. (laughs) That makes sense. I like this shit. It's probably one or two misses on here, and that's debatable. It's hard to miss with a Timberland and uh, Pharrell production. Again, like the whole album, not just a couple songs like, oh, we got the, what's the song with Timbo? No, every song is either Timberland or Pharrell. The standout song that everybody knows to this day is probably Cry Me a River. Um, the other single, Like I Love You, I like, I really like that song, but that it just seemed like it ain't popped like that back then. It, it it popped, and if you play it on the radio now, it'll still sound good. But um, that Crimea River was out of here because everybody was like, it's about Britney Spears, and then they had the fake Britney Spears in the video and all that shit. So, again, if I didn't say, this album came out in 2002. So, we got some youngers listening to this shit that was probably not even bored yet, which is wild to me. But, hey, it is what it is, all right? Um... Best songs on there. Nothing else. That's one of my favorite songs ever. Ride. Senorita. Take it from here. Um, and you can say Cry Me a River. Um, but you, the singles was Rock Your Body, Like I Love You, and Cry Me a River. I wasn't the biggest fan of the singles. The best songs was the album tracks. They just was. And... People that listen to R&B a lot, they'll tell you that. Oftentimes, that's how it would be. Like, the singles be like, eh. But the best songs be like, what's on the album? It'd be the opposite, I feel like, for rap. 
A lot of times you be hearing a single, thinking it's gonna be fired, and the album be mad. So, yeah, just to wrap that up, that's JT Justified dropped 2002, a classic album that people don't really talk about. All right, check that out. Last but not least, this album is literally forgotten because it never came out. It was released as a mixtape. Some people got the full mixtape. I believe the mixtape is 12 songs. But to me, this is Lloyd Banks' best work to me. His first album, everybody give him his flowers for that. It was it was crazy. It was a great album. Second album, the Rotten Album, the Rotten Out Apple, eh, was I. Right. Was good. Was I. Right. But that joint. That album in between, that was the one. The Big Withdrawal is what it was called. It came out in 2005. Story has it, and I still don't believe this. Not that Banks wasn't that nigga. And not that Banks couldn't have eightsomes. But the story goes that Banks went to a shorty house. That's what Banks said himself. He went to a shorty, a shorty house, ended up having a threesome. Um, he had the CD on him, which is kind of strange, but he had the CD left it in the web. I don't know. Um, and that's what the hood was saying at first. But anyway, he had the CD on him. He left it in the shorty crib um, when he left. And it didn't say like album or nothing on it. It was just saying like it was a blank CD. It didn't have no writing on it. And it was inside of a mixtape. Like, sort of mixtape, CD cover or whatever, CD holder, that's what the CD was inside of. So, it's not like it was like, oh, unreleased banks or nothing like that. But they found it. They was like, yo, this shit fired. They released it. I don't necessarily believe this for a few reasons. I think that this was just classic, you know, trying to make it seem like, you know, I think this shit just got bootlegged. He might have, the hood was saying he left it in the car. Somebody took it out of a car or somebody stole his car and found it, whatever. Um, He was listening to it in the CD deck. Who knows what happened? I just think, not that son couldn't have 18 some. I just think that they just threw that story out there because they knew it would sound like, ah, look at Banks, Playboy, Blue Hefner. He's at it again. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I remember thinking that when I was a kid. Me being grown out, I still feel that way. But shout out to Banks, man. But this shit here, I remember listening to it like, wow. From the first, from the intro. It's like he set it off. Like, he wasn't playing. Like, he always was spitting. But these beats were more soulful. I loved it. Um, he got an all-time skit on there called Use a Hoe. He got the beef song. I just feel like this could have been like the beginning of the riff with 50. Just speculating from the outside looking in. I have no idea. Obviously, I'm just speculating. <clears throat> speculating. But 50 invested a lot of money in this shit. Like if you listen to this album, the beats was great. 50 is on like three of these songs. You got your beef song on there. You got a great skit, the user hoe. You got your um songs that you clearly can tell is singles. I mean, he got a song on there called Turn Turn You Into a Customer. 
clearly. You could just tell that was supposed to be a single. The last song on there, I think it's number 12 or number 11, clearly supposed to be a single. Um, and you got your, your song, Victim of Society, like your conscience song, like you had everything. That wasn't no fucking mixtape. And like Banks was saying in that interview, oh, nah, that was just the last, you know, 12 songs that I had did over the last, you know, 10 days. I, I got 80 songs in the tuck, so it's nothing, which is true. I'm sure he had 80 in the tuck, but Rotten Apple, nah, if you put the six or seven best songs in the big withdrawal and take out about five or six of them songs from the Rotten album, you have one of the greatest albums in hip hop history. Easily, because some was spitting, the concepts was there, and it was Banks, he was big at the time, and he had the woman, like the girl songs, I don't know why I keep saying women songs, because I don't want to call them girls, they grown ass women, but, you know, he had the songs for the ladies, he had the bars for the niggas, he had the gangster songs, he had the beef songs, he had the club songs, he had everything, and like I keep saying, sunk spit, so I feel like 50 was like, nigga, whatever happened, you fumbled the bag. So I could see how 50 was just like, I can't trust this nigga. Because now you got to reinvest, reinvest, do all this shit over. You know what I'm saying? So, best songs on there. It was only 12, so I don't want to talk about the whole shit. Y'all got to go listen to it. But Whip Pussy on there, uh, I think that's number two. Getting Money, he's spitting on that. Simpling It is still one of the best songs I ever heard. Uh, 50 on the hook. That's what I'm saying. 50 was like, what the fuck? This shit was out of there. And we just throwing it on the mixtape. But they had so much shit. 50, I don't know. Maybe he ain't care, but I doubt that. Um, and um, I forgot how it go. Oh, it ain't a secret. It ain't a secret. That song. Yeah, it's tough. And I'm not the biggest Banks fan, but that there. Yeah, it was spitting. So, wrap this thing up real quick. And I'll give you a... a Honorable mention, Dark Side 3 from Fat Joe. Not sure when it came out, probably in like the 2010s, maybe like 2015, 16, 17, somewhere around there. But uh, 10 songs, great mixtape. I couldn't really put it here because it had like three songs that I was like, eh. But all-time great intro, really the first three or four songs go crazy. Got a song on there called Ninth Wonder, produced by Ninth Wonder. He goes stupid on there. It's the best rapping I ever heard from um, Fat Joe. And I ain't heard every single Fat Joe project, but I ne like when I listened to it, I'm like, what the fuck? Fat Joe was spitting on that. So, Dark Side 3, Fat Joe, that's honorable mention, all right? But to wrap this up, Justified by Justin Timberlake. Came out 2002. Check that out. Life of 1472. Came out in 1998 by Jermaine Dupri, his first studio album. It's like a Khaled album on steroids. How you wish the Khaled albums was today. That's what those that's what that album is. Project Pata, uh, Mr. Don't Play, 2001. And Banks, The Big Withdrawal, 2005. The Lost Album that never came out. Ended up turning into like a mixtape. But uh, it was remarkable, in my opinion, all right? As always, thanks for listening. Send all love mail, hate mail, show ideas, promotional opportunities, words of affirmation, all that. ToxicKingTalk at gmail.com. ToxicKingTalk at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.